0: this episode, just like all the other episodes of Amusement Sparks, is nerdy, but not dirty. Although with our topic today, we do reference and recommend a lot of uh, movies and shows and, and things that are not necessarily for all ages. It's not everything is as you know squeaky clean as this podcast is, but I just wanted to give you a heads up about that at the beginning of the episode. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn. And with me today is Jonathan Anslow. How's it
1: going, man? Hey, good. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm I'm excited about this podcast and this theme park. Can you introduce yourself to our audience, please?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a psychologist in Charlotte, North Carolina. I work in a group setting. It's called Southeast Psych. It's a group practice. And there, I co-founded an organization with a couple of my friends and colleagues, Ryan Kelly and Megan Connell, called Geeks Like Us, and I do a bit of retro-themed streaming on there, uh, a little show called Retronathan. And yeah, I, I also have a, an alter ego. I call myself Collector the Hordarian, <laughs> and I do some <laughs> streaming of what I call unboxingings, because it sounds a little bit more epic that way.
0: It sure does, and and what is Geeks like us? If anyone doesn't happen to already be familiar,
1: that's a fair question. So, uh, Geeks like us are glue, as the acronym says. It's a small company we just started up in, I say, gosh, two years ago. We've been just kind of steadily building this thing. We're self-professed geeks, and you know, it's our way of trying to help people really channel their geeky passions uh, into a career and. As we feel like we do plenty of that as psychologists, I have to give kudos to my buddy Ryan, who he's really, he's high energy and he he just, he goes all in with some of these really cool ideas. I mean, we've got, because of him, VR at the group practice that you could use for really cool applications, like, you know, folks with phobias and heights and spiders and things like that. He's learning how to fly a commercial airplane. To get people on a plane virtually, which is I think is just tremendous. (laughs) Holy cow, how
0: immersive would that be? I I think that's that's awesome. And I, I always love the intersection of any kind of therapeutic thing with pop culture or any kind of educational thing with pop culture. Like I think that's such a better way to to make those things relatable and understandable and through a love of pop culture stuff, you can better know yourself, which is kind of weird to say, but also I think extremely true. You can trace your steps to how you got to be who you are through what you grew up with, I think. Like for myself, I know Pokemon was like a huge moment in my life growing up. And there's, you know, Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles and all these different steps. I could see how I made the jump from who I was at age five to who I was at the age of 10 based on what shows and, you know, what media I was into. And I could relate to those characters and connecting with a certain person from Dragon Ball Z or whatever was something I kind of called on for my strength or to get me through hard times. It's really cool to see that, and to be able to kind of go back in time and tell your autobiography by what shows you were, you know, obsessed with at the time or what comics you were really into.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm a big uh, fan of just nostalgia. I think when we uh, talked previously, I mentioned my love of the 80s and- You know, from the music to the fashion, the the movies, it's just a great decade to to grow up in. I mean, I have memories of sneaking into a movie theater to watch Aliens. You know, I was all of 11 when that came out and (laughs) was like terrified, but also loving it. From a developmental psychology standpoint, you're forming your identity through those years. You're trying to figure out who you are and what you're all about. And you have a lot of impactful kind of things that happen you know, uh, in your adolescent years. And I think they really get sort of lodged into your memory, your core of who you are.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And the eighties in particular, I think we should maybe do a tangent just about the eighties. That'd be nice. The pop culture stuff that my dad grew up with, he has a few, like there was a certain phase where like VHS started re-releasing all these shows from like the seventies. Like you'd be able to get, oh man, What's his name? Hong Kong Phooey on VHS, <laughs> like an uh, Ultraman and like various shows oh, that gosh. he grew up with. He got on VHS like these box sets. So then when I was a kid, I kind of grew up with those things and I inherited a ton of his comic books from him. Well, you can see. His cultural touch points from when he was a kid and then those kind of echoed into my childhood. So now I've been keeping all the stuff that I loved as a kid in you know, pretty good condition so I can pass it on to my kids someday. And they'll probably think it's super nerdy. But still, it, it is cool to be able to see those cultural relics of uh, a previous generation and kind of what they went through.
1: Part of the challenge is to have somebody see it through your eyes. Like, why is it meaningful to you? And I think that's part of the challenge as a parent. Yeah, I, I have been able to wrangle my daughter to watch some 80s classics. And uh, just recently, for instance, we saw one of my all time favorites, Better Off Dead. Just uh, a, a corny, weird, fun time which is like a good description for the 80s in general (laughs) very true and like
0: retroactively thinking back to the 80s a lot of people have maybe not rose tinted glasses but maybe neon tinted glasses about that time (laughs) period we remember it like a caricature of that time period but yeah it's still a really cool caricature you know you can always go back to the films and see what it was actually like in the 80s you know where not everything looks just like Tron, but yeah, there's definitely is an 80s aesthetic for sure. And I think it'd be so cool to be able to turn that into a theme park and be able to kind of walk back in time into this maybe hyper stylized reflection of what the 80s actually was.
1: Oh, for sure. That would be amazing.
0: <laughs> I'm excited to get into this one. I think it'll be really fun. there's so many iconic things about the 80s there's so many like physical relics that represent the 80s really clearly whether it's sunglasses or inline skates or the game boy like the original one the nes there's so many like classic handheld items and the rubik's cube stuff like that which i don't think that was invented in the 80s but definitely like culturally hit its peak in the 80s
1: well, heck, it, they even had a Rubik's Cube cartoon in the 80s. Underscore how popular that little toy was. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, those cartoons like that one and the, the Pac-Man cartoon where it's just like, they're just making up something that kind of looks like the box.
1: Sometimes they really hit it out of the park. Like, look at something like Dungeons & Dragons. That was a really cool show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was Absolutely. Awesome. Recently, there was a, a car commercial that... It was a live action reproduction of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. It was freaking amazing.
0: <laughs> wow, that sounds really cool. Oh, man, I got to check that out. But yeah, our sister show that's in the same RSS feed, uh, the Giant Giantlands show, former guest on there, Ernie Gygax, was a contributor to that cartoon success, which is really cool. So
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: I know. Uh, yeah, that was a, a cool honor to be able to talk to that guy. It was pretty sweet. But yeah, so many cool cartoons from the 80s, too. And I mean, some of them are pretty cringy by today's standards, but also a lot of iconic moments that kind of set the stage for where cartoons could go in the future. I really like stuff like she for example. The modern Netflix version of that is one of my favorite shows ever. And going back and watching the original she it's pretty cool. It's relatively progressive uh, for a show of that that time period.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Filmation. I mean, they were cranking them out in in the 80s, best known for He-Man. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in these executive meetings where they're pitching, you know, toys, and then they're trying to cobble together and get some show to promote those toys. He-Man was basically a a commercial for the toys. And I didn't have the toys, but in retrospect, I, I look at them and I marvel at them. I mean, they're just like so ostentatious, just gaudy and weird. It's like they were throwing a bunch of ideas at the wall and just everything was sticking. <laughs> hey, let's do an elephant man or a guy made out of moss or, you know, a guy that rams things. What do you want to call him? Ram man? Sure, let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I love that. Stuff like that in Transformers and G.I. Joe where it's like they just squeezing them out and they might be kind of weird compared to all the others but that's going to be some kids favorite but yeah that's so so fun (laughs) and honestly i don't mind entertainment that's kind of like an advertisement like that like i know that maybe it's not as educational as a lot of cartoons could be um but it does kind of encourage your imagination you know if you watch the show and and he-man is doing whatever cool thing you're gonna try to go replicate that in your sandbox or out in the woods or whatever with your he-man figure right yeah i don't know
1: I readily admit I'm a sucker for marketing and this is kind of 80s related, but, you know, one thing that comes to mind. So I think it was the New Belgian Brewery that put out, what is it called? Anyways, it was an 80s theme. You know, it has a, a graphic on there with the skeleton with like these rad sunglasses and it's all neon and, you know, triangle shapes and whatever. And of course I bought it. <laughs> and, you know, the beer was fine, but I mean, I just love the look of the can. <laughs>
0: I'm the same thing I fall for packaging all the time and we got a beer for the same reason like the packaging just caught the eye caught the eye for sure it was Laser Snake from 3 Floyd Brewing That's so and uh, it looks super crazy in 80s and it's like a cobra and it's shooting lasers out And like oh my god but I'm like I have to buy this I didn't particularly care for it but but the can alone was was worth the purchase. Talking about, like, I don't know, just the the toys and the cartoons, there's a couple things I must recommend to you or the audience. I bet you've already seen them being, uh, you know, with the interest you so strongly have. But uh, The Toys That Made Us on Netflix is amazing. And on YouTube, Toy Galaxy is one of my favorite channels. And they they talk about a lot of 80s cartoons and how they got made. And then also a lot of 80s toys and just kind of how crazy and
1: ridiculous they were. Such a cool time period absolutely uh yeah the toys that made us uh i also love the movies that made us
0: yes oh there's a lot of 80s content there too huh
1: yeah for sure i want to say there's what ghostbusters um what was the die hard yeah that's right that's right yeah I, uh yeah, i feel like home
0: alone was like early
1: 90s that's right yeah
0: yeah but to me the early 90s feel pretty 80s <laughs> you know a lot of they do a lot of stuff that uh was definitely in the works maybe in the eighties, but wasn't released until the early nineties. So you can kind of, it still has the same kind of, kind of feel. Yeah. But okay. So if we want to make this into a theme park, Mm -hmm. how do we do that? Do we want it to to be just like you're walking back in time or, uh, what do you, how do you imagine we manifest the eighties into a location?
1: Well, I mean, I think you have to attack it from different angles. You know, I mean, I think, uh, you, when you talk about walking back in time, uh, you definitely want to have uh, some, some staples of the era. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, you got to have a lot of neon, you know, a lot of neon lighting, like everywhere. You're going to be, uh, you know, pumping some 80s tracks throughout the park, of course, uh, just to set the mood as well. People waiting in line at the attractions would, would have some old school tvs perhaps to look at oh i <laughs> Maybe love that vcrs <laughs> you know with the tracking errors and the fuzz you know it,
0: <laughs> that is that's an aesthetic that people are going for you know nowadays like in, it's kind of yeah. a designy thing now to put some kind of like i don't know if you call it artifacting but like that kind of distortion that comes right. from a vhs tape and like What's called chromatic aberration, but like when things kind of like there's red on one side and blue on one side uh, of an item where it looks like it's kind of out of focus or like you need 3D glasses to see it correctly. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's just a relic of the 80s that's really popular in in design and stuff. So doing those kinds of effects even on you know newer footage would be super cool. Uh, But I think yeah, neon is such a cool thing, and we can use kind of inspiration or like touchstones from from Tron and like Blade Runner. Um, I see a lot of stuff in more modern, like throwback to the 80s type stuff where there's this common image of like a sunset, uh, you know, because it gives such radical, you know, 80s colors. I was thinking parts of the park, maybe half the park or something could be a huge indoor area with just a gigantic setting sun, like on the quote unquote horizon, you know, which is actually just the South wall or whatever, I guess it would be the uh, sets resident in the East sets in the West. So on the West wall, we can have a giant neon sun with, you know, beautiful uh, sunset colors around it. And then the rest of the, that area feels like it's always nighttime. And you know, you can like wear your sunglasses in there and uh we call it sunglasses of... at night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think part of you know this this cartoony version of the eighties should be nighttime all the time. There is a certain, you know, daylight hours part of the eighties, but I think uh, a lot of the part that I see reflected, at least in my, you know, experiences on the internet and everything, there's a lot of that kind of nighttime vibe of the eighties that people seem to be referencing a lot.
1: Well, yeah. The thing about that is, I mean, I think it just uh, further uh, accentuates like those very bright neon, you know, lights and colors. It just makes them pop more. Kind of a, um, I think a, a touchstone of the '80s of, to have like kids hopping on bikes and just going on adventures. Oh, you know, it's man. like, hey, yeah, I'm I'm going out, ma, dad, see you later, and coming back when you know the 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 come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's That's like I, I I wonder if that could be a component of the park, you know, where you just have like these old school looking bikes with their cards in the spokes or you know giant flags or whatever. And just ride. <laughs> I love that. And yeah, that, that harkens like it, it's that kind of Goonies
0: vibe, kind of Stranger, Stranger things, things, E.T. Yeah. yeah, like all that that stuff can be represented there. I love the idea, though, of, of the freedom of just kind of hopping on a bike and, and going out. And, you know, you can kind of forget about your, your smartphone and uh, just go on an adventure. I, I love that.
1: So it makes me think of when I was a kid, uh, there was a, a 7-Eleven about a... I'd say about a mile away or so, and uh, on the way there, there's like some some woods, and uh, you know we'd we'd uh, ride our bikes through the woods, and then of course kids tell stories, and they say, oh, you know, there's this homeless person that lives in the woods, and and he killed somebody once, and you know just just to heighten that sense <laughs> of, of danger, and you know, so uh, and gosh, I mean, we rode our bikes like next to like busy highways we're well, not highways but like you know main thoroughfares you know and man that was the my friends,
0: yeah my friends and i used to do all kinds of weird dangerous stuff but it's just i don't know it's just part of being a dumb kid
1: i think it was just a different uh frame of mind you know I, I think yeah uh parents were just kind of like yeah just get out of our hair and go explore do your thing hang out with your friends and uh, you know, nowadays it's kind of like, um, uh, I am directly responsible for you. I need to know where you are. I got GPS tracking on you. And...
0: Yeah. And I don't know if it's a, that the culture has gotten scarier or just, we know more about the scary stuff, but like, yeah, it definitely seems like a different time period. Like back then it felt like most people were pretty invincible as kids. Like what's, what's the worst that can happen? You fall down and scrape your knee boo hoo. But now it's, I don't know. There's still a lot of people to be scared of these days, I guess.
1: Well, speaking of the horrors that are out there, um, you know, it just made me think of, uh, you know, so certainly part of the 80s uh, is 80s horror. And you had some uh, iconic uh, 80s baddies that came to light uh, during that time, you know, Jason Voorhees and uh, Freddy Krueger, I think uh, a little Chucky. Yeah, 80s. So Michael Myers. I was thinking, like around, like you know, Halloween. You know, you can get those guys sort of roam the park and scaring the bejesus out of people.
0: Yeah, we could even have a part of the park that's kind of just like all the bad guys are there. Like so, then you know, little kids don't accidentally wander yes. over that way. But that's where all of those like slasher movie guys are, and that's where Castle Skull is from. He man, and there you we go. can have Hordeck from. Uh, she Shira, like all the bad guys can just have like a cool layer area <laughs> over through the woods maybe so you can ride your bike up to the edge of the woods and there's some fun stuff there but then you start hearing rumors if you get deeper in and eventually you come out on the other side to this like crazy nightmare world uh where all the bad guys actually exist i would love that
1: that would be wild yeah it's like the motto uh, you know don't be a layer hater come on <laughs> over <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's as
0: cheesy as the 80s i love it yes. it works perfectly with the vibe uh, yeah i was i was just when you're talking about kind of going into the woods and like being scared of kind of local folklore type stuff i remember having uh like <clears throat> going camping with friends and i hadn't seen any of these like scary movies any of these r-rated movies yet at this you know young impressionable age but one of my friends had and so when we were, like, sitting around the campfire, or actually, I don't even think we had a campfire. I think we were just sitting in the tent, like, trying to sleep, and we'd be telling each other, like, ghost stories. His were always the best because he'd have, like, these – he had, like, such a good budget and such good writers on his scary stories, and we never knew, like, where they came from. Uh, he <laughs> just told the, the scariest tales. And then, you know, five years later, we're all watching all these classic 80s movies. and like, oh, he just saw all these when we were kids, and we didn't. So he had all the best ghost stories because he was just telling uh-huh. us those. <laughs> but it was kind of a yeah, fun first exposure, right? Kind of hacky, but also it's like <laughs> he he had such an excellent way of retelling all these stories in a campfire format, and it was like really cool because none of the other you know campfire stories we were telling would cut back and forth between an A storyline and a B storyline, and like they meet up at the end. And his hmm. were like so well scripted. It was <laughs> it was kind of unreal. Oh man! But I love that kind of stuff, like uh, kind of you know playground rumors and. Uh, the local folklore and, and, you know, the guy with the hook for a hand that escaped from the asylum. And there's like all the urban legends, urban legends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And I think a lot of those are pretty localized too. So everyone's experience with those is a little bit different, but I think a lot of them come from the same, the same places, Uh, man. And it might be fun too, to kind of, you know, how we're talking about having old school TVs throughout the park if we have like kind of a, a an '80s night, uh, you know, nightly news program running, that's you know doing stuff kind of like in reference to like the razor blade and the apples thing, which I don't think ever actually happened. It was just a sensational thing that they started cranking out on the news. I think doing that kind of stuff would be would be so fun.
1: Oh, for sure. I, and again, I think especially around Halloween time, and that's one of my favorite holidays. And uh, I love what what current parks do around that time you know getting the themed content and um i mean i or at least used to do uh pre-covid but uh you know i would have loved to have gone to uh universal they do their uh what is it called horror nights or something yeah, like yeah universal Horror Night. i i heard that they had a, a ghostbusters themed uh like event like interactive experience or something and i was thinking as far as like this theme park this 80s theme themed park, uh, that would be a, a really cool, uh, addition, you know, to have, yes. all right, here's your proton packs and, um, you know, put some, some goggles on and, uh, you know, take it through. Now, I don't know if it would kind of, uh, you know, run counter to the idea of keeping everything retro. If you had like a VR enhanced experience, but,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, I, I think so long as the content within the VR, was retro themed. Uh, yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> I think so.
0: I think you can make it so it you know you can hear the the tape running within your VR headset and everything <laughs> has like a grainy
1: filter over oh, it. <laughs> nice. That'd be a nice touch.
0: There is a yeah a VR like pretty immersive basically VR laser tag that's uh, called the Void and they have a Ghostbusters experience because it just translates to VR slash laser tag so well. So yeah, doing something like that or even just licensing it or putting it here in the park would be super cool that's such yeah. a fun movie too. And I think it's a really good representation of kind of the eighties because there's, there's funny parts, there's iconic, you know, like monsters and and bad guys, but there's also some kind of scary parts. Uh, so I, I
1: just, it's a really good, really good movie. That's a good pull. Oh, it's a classic for a reason. I mean, you know, and the sequel was, was pretty decent and everything, but um and then i know there was a, a lot of controversy around uh, the uh, the reboot um i mean fans are a uh, a very vocal bunch you know <laughs> and I, I get it i mean i think there's passion there um and you know it's but but it gets to a point sometimes where it's kind of like hey it's not your thing you know like uh it, the creators ha- have uh the right to take it in different directions if they want if you don't like it don't support it and but uh, they can get pretty nasty sometimes. Yeah, that's
0: true. I, but I think with enough time, people will. Maybe not everyone's heart will change or anything. But I've I've been hearing recently of people turning it like coming around on like the Star Wars prequels, for example. Like enough time has passed to where it doesn't yeah. hurt so bad to watch this this thing that I don't love as much as the original. But. It is still, you know, valid, and certain people are going to like it. So
1: no, I count myself as as one of, of those d- original detractors, and I was very disappointed. I mean, t- I mean, think about the whole uh, hype phenomenon. You know, like mm. when, when you're okay. So so, Return of the Jedi dropped in like '83. Yep. And uh, I think 16 years later, you get Episode One. You know, you're waiting 16 years for you know some new star wars cinematic content and then they're like talking about you know trade routes federations and Metaglorians. like oh you 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 scientize um something that's fundamentally mystical and you know more of a religious kind of thing (laughs) but i i came around
0: yeah but i mean the the ghostbusters reboot didn't invalidate any of the canon from before at all. You know, it's it's like it just a different dimension or whatever, a different uh take on the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, but I mean it does allow more people to see themselves as a ghostbuster, you know, which it is supposed to be a franchise in universe. So it, I don't know, they could have explained it that way, but they went a different route with it, but uh I for right. one really liked the reboot. I thought it was it was pretty cool. I've got some of the pop vinyls from from that film. But yeah, no, I, I love doing something Ghostbusters there it would be really cool to maybe have a replica of um the the firehouse,
1: you know, they're they're like their uh, layer. <laughs> yeah, and you could like slide down the, the pole yes. and get back to one up close, take photos. Uh, and that's maybe great. that's you know how we explain the
0: the storyline or or something like how the the layer, you know, like it doesn't really make sense. Like it makes sense if right. um let's say uh, Michael Myers exists in the same reality as the Goonies. But then why would Skeletor be there? It's like, well, maybe Skeletor is a ghost. And, you know, uh, the EPA, just like in Ghostbusters, didn't believe that there was actual ghosts in this containment unit. So they shut it down and all the ghosts got out. And that's where that's where Skeletor is. And that's how we can explain maybe some of these uh, crazy things that are going on in this 80s world is, eh, you know, it's, it's the 80s and uh, the ghosts have been set loose.
1: Well, the '80s is just kind of like, yeah, just go with it. Um, You just remind, (laughs) you know, you reminded me of uh, something I used to pine for when I was a kid. You know, I used to wonder, well, like, could there just be like a cartoon that had all the cartoon characters, and you know, you had like, you know, TMNT like joining up with the Transformers, uh, you know, and Star Wars, and I I just like to me, that sounded like an amazing idea. And of course, little old me. child version of me wasn't thinking about all the legal trademarks and what have you I just you know I just thought it'd be cool and then you and then you get something like ready player one
0: right you know? oh my god <laughs> yeah which is basically just someone regurgitating their 80s nostalgia and some 70s stuff especially you know the video games but man what a pop culture feature film that was and I, I prefer the book personally I mean that's a common uh, you know stereotype but the book was really cool man, there was one section, like maybe one paragraph in the book where they start talking about school in this like super high tech VR world. And I was like, this is it. This is going to be my favorite book of all time. Tell us about this amazing immersive VR school. And then they don't. They're like, oh, school still sucks. You still have to sit at a desk and it's horrible. It's like, why would they do that when there's so many fun like things going on in this world? Sure, it's dystopian, but the entertainment was next level and then no one thought to make school cool like I, it was a lack of imagination for me i was like man i thought this was going to be like my favorite franchise of all time but you, you had one cool paragraph and uh, you dropped it <laughs> but it is a cool a cool movie a cool spectacle um, it's cool seeing all those franchises mash up together, kind of like uh, Super Smash Brothers or something.
1: For sure. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm blanking on his name right now. The author, um, he he may uh, redeem yet redeem himself because you know he's working on a sequel. Oh, well. ah, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah from what I had heard, and um, now I know he wrote uh, uh, another a follow up book that's you know, just kind of its own thing. I, I want to say it's sort of an homage to one of my favorite eighty uh, sci-fi flicks, The Last Starfighter. Oh, yes, that's a classic too, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, golly. Uh, well, heck. I mean, just having arcades at, at a theme park. I mean, you know that that's a that's a must. <laughs> yes, I love that. There's there's so many cool video games because to
0: me the video games really hit their stride. You know, there had been kind of the the video game crash a few years before, but in the '80s, I think was when people started to really get into video games, and it became a part of people's lives nonstop. You know, if you if you were a kid yeah. growing up with Pong or whatever, you had a few years where there weren't really new video games coming out, but since the '80s, it's like you know the spigot has been un, has been opened the whole time since then. Yeah,
1: well, imagine this uh, circling back to the last Starfighter and tying it into the video game. Ooh. So as, as you know, you know you had to. You know, the aliens were intergalactic aliens are are searching for their next, uh, you know, ace pilot uh, through this video game. And uh, so the experience at the park could be that they actually have a mock-up of that game that you can play. And if you get a a certain score, uh, you know, things kind of open up behind it. Somebody escorts you down like on a, a... you know, a little moving path and they give you like a helmet and and you get into like a VR kind of less starfighter experience.
0: Oh man. (laughs) That is amazing. I love that. And you could do a similar thing with, with Tron, you know, it's, it is a cool uh, portal to other areas, like maybe certain games, um, you know, as you're standing there playing the game, like it slides you and the game through a hole in the wall. And then you have like an experience
1: you can get on through there. So it's like a,
0: a secret entrance.
1: That'd be so cool. So I want to say this was Comic Con, uh, San Diego Comic Con, five years ago. I want to say, uh, so 2015, they did in downtown San Diego, uh, Flynn's Arcade.
0: Oh um, man, it's a
1: recreation of the arcade from the film, the original film, and uh, which actually uh, they show in Tron Legacy as well. Mm-hmm. So you're you're in this arcade. They have all these classic games, but they also have Space Paranoids in there. Uh, the machine that, um, uh, uh, what's his name? I was I, I always want to call him Kurt Russell, but uh, it's not Kurt Russell, it's uh, Jeff Bridges. That his character uh, had, you know, uh, I, I, did he develop that game or was he just really good at it? I can't remember.
0: I don't remember. It. I don't know exactly the detail. i I was thinking it was it related to the development of it, too, but I don't recall for sure. Well,
1: so anyway, they had that game, uh, which just you know adds to the experience. So eventually, after you've been in the arcade for a while, they escort you, you know, I guess they keep tabs on who's come in and and then they sort of escort escort you towards the back where they have the laser from the film. and it's like uh, and it makes a noise, and then like the wall kind of opens up. And there's a hallway with like this uh, sort of light beaming over your head. You walk down this long hallway and on the other side, it is like Tron world.
0: Oh, that's so cool.
1: It's like a bar with like, uh, I think, I don't know, whoever sponsored it, like Coke or Pepsi or something. And, uh, you know, you could just uh, kind of hang out, get some photo ops, see some of the costuming from like the the Tron legacy film, which was, you know, uh, going to come out around that time. So that was quite an experience. And when you leave, they gave you a, a little, you know, those little coin purse things that that are plastic, and you squeeze the ends of them, and they open up like Pac-Man. Yeah, that was like an 80s, 90s thing. Heck yeah, and they had like little tokens inside uh, that were Flynn's arcade tokens. That was one of the best pieces of swag I got.
0: That's a really cool, like, feely, like a physical component to take with you. Oh, I love that. And then you could have different uh, coins of different franchises and maybe you even find them throughout the yes. park like if you're oh, yeah. in front of uh, michael myers house you might find one on the sidewalk for example
1: i love that idea
0: it's so fun as like a little collectible that doesn't cost a lot for us to manufacture but would still be really magical for for people you know oh, for the sure. park. um we could have uh also in this arcade you could put the wild gunman game that is in back to the future like This could just be like (laughs) 80s arcade and references to uh, Stranger Things, which obviously didn't come out in the 80s, but it's definitely clearly set in the 80s. Um, Yes. I think that would be so, so fun.
1: And I don't know if this would be uh, necessarily an arcade game or just part of the the park itself, but uh, I was thinking uh, one of my favorite, uh, not just 80s fantasy movies of all time, but just fantasy movies is The NeverEnding Story any kid that was a fan of that movie i don't know what kid would not have wanted you know to have that experience of of being on falcor and Mm -hmm. and just riding through the sky and you know uh giving bullies their their comeuppance and you know it it just was such a cool scene redemptive scene in the movie and um like i I would love to relive that in, in this park
0: That'd be cool. And and then if that's a, a ride or an attraction that's running twenty-four-seven, it's literally the never ending
1: story ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dumb. But hey, it's the 80s. We're allowed to be cheesy, right?
1: For sure. It's it's a mandate, actually. You know, gotta, it's it's requirement.
0: Oh, that's great. Oh, I was just thinking maybe through the queue, like the the waiting area, you know, we we're talking about having these big um crt tvs would be really cool if they're playing like little psa's because that was a big thing in the 80s of <laughs> you know having gi joe characters tell you not to do drugs or, or whatever everyone at the end of the episode is telling you hey you should uh, do your homework and listen to your parents and you know be a good little child knowing um, is half the battle <laughs> and the other half is extreme violence <laughs> right there's 21 minutes of of violence and then one minute of saying don't hit your sister with that um right but i think it'd be so fun to do like these retro style psa's that are telling you like the rules of the park like you know don't cut in line and it's like uh daffy duck and you know robocop teaming up to tell you (laughs) not not to cut in line because there were those psa's that had like mashups of different characters like i remember there's one that had Slimer from Ghostbusters and I think like Bugs Bunny, like it was a bunch of just random cartoon people and they're like telling you not to do crack or something. It's like, I mean, I, I appreciate the
1: message. You know, I just discovered that recently, actually. Uh, I never knew that existed. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. I think the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are in there and That's the only like 80s, you know, real mashup that happened at the time that I can remember
0: was uh, was PSAs. Like I don't know if they had special rights because they're you know educational and maybe they're not making money off of those. Check it out. MCMI, people call me milk. When I'm busting up a party, I feel no guilt. Gizmos cutting up for the Suckers that's down with me. The one of us, that's how I feel. Just two more things that have just popped in my head that don't necessarily need to connect to anything else, but I feel a need in my heart to share these with the world and with you. Um, <laughs> there is a film. I think it's, it's probably rated PG 13. It's not super scary or anything, but it's technically like a horror movie that is set in the eighties. And it looks like it's found footage from an eighties, like uh, Halloween news special. It's called WNUF Halloween special. And it is very like it seems totally real it seems like you just found this tape at, at a, a thrift store or something because it's just like a regular news podcast but there's like the set you know that they're filming this like 80s tv special is um or it's just like a news segment but the set is all halloween themed and like you know the the like anchor has like a witch's hat on and stuff and they're kind of making like dumb Hall- like, halloween jokes like Like news anchors do. Um, (laughs) And then it'll play the commercials in between. And they're like these fake, really 80s seeming, you know, commercials for things that never actually existed. And then during boring parts, it'll just fast forward for you. And then eventually you get to this point where something scary actually starts happening. Like they have a reporter who's on site at this, you know, this house where supposedly someone was murdered. And so he goes in to investigate it. And then it actually turns into like an actual horror movie. Like it's at least half the movie is just like you're watching just 80s news. And then it turns into an actual like it's pretty cool. So I wow. have to I have to say that is a really cool thing and I don't know how we would reference that. We could maybe just play it on some of the TVs throughout.
1: Here's here's something that kinda ties into what to what you're saying. It's pretty pretty similar concept, but um so uh we were talking about all the baddies from the eighties as well, the horror elements, uh and one horror movie to come out of the '80s, which is considered one of the better werewolf movies, is *The Howling*. Uh, and at the end of that movie, I mean, okay, it's it's a movie from like 1980, so you know, it's like a 40-year-old spoiler. But uh, <laughs> you see, uh, there's a newscaster that uh, has a transformation into a werewolf at the end. There, so you know. You I know, have see never it. seen *The Howling*.
0: I've never even heard of it, but I love werewolves and I love the '80s. I got to check oh. this out
1: got to check it out it's it's a tremendous movie and of course you've got to see an american werewolf in london if
0: yes that's one of my favorite werewolf movies
1: best transformation ever
0: (laughs) i really need a good gif of that if anyone has it send it to me please because i have gotten to the point where literally i'll text my friends and i'll just put like bracket insert an american werewolf in london transformation sequence here bracket (laughs) because i just the gif would be so perfect for what we're talking about
1: um, oh that's awesome
0: <laughs> i i do say jiff and gif you caught me right there i'm so sorry everybody but they're both acceptable <laughs> to me so um, i think so yeah. <laughs> also teen wolf man that's a that's a oh. another good 80s one.
1: Oh, that's a great one yeah uh, michael j fox in his prime i mean gosh he was killing it you know just uh, back to the future one of the most iconic movies of all time in my opinion and super 80s feeling too and uh, i know
0: they you know travel to different time periods of course but Yeah, Yeah. the 80s, uh, we could definitely have references to that and maybe even attractions where you get on uh, in the DeLorean and it takes you to, you know, an area that's like maybe a small ride, like one roller coaster that's set in the future or one little experience that's set in the Old West. But it's like the whole park is still in the 80s. There's just these little time travel areas. Oh, and we can even just connect. We can put this park right next to our uh, Back to the Future theme park, which we designed uh, in the past. (laughs) Yes. And oh my gosh, we could even connect this to an upcoming episode for uh, October 12th. We're going to have a Universal Monsters uh, theme park. So we can oh. connect to the werewolf. There's a werewolf overlap and there's a Back to the Future overlap. Oh,
1: love that. Yes.
0: We're getting to the point of uh, where everything is a theme park on Amusement Sparks.
1: All connected.
0: We're getting critical mass.
1: Yeah. Well, you <laughs> mentioned uh, the Universal Monsters, and of course, that made me think of the Monster Squad. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh- that movie is—it's basically like the Goonies meets the Universal Monsters, right? Yeah, I mean... yeah, you're
0: right. Talk about a cool like mashup—that's you know super eighties.
1: One of the tropes of eighties, the eighties, and well eighties movies in particular, uh, is the montage. You mm-hmm. know, you've got to have uh like a sequence of of events that are basically telling a, a short little story within the story, you know. So for Rocky IV, it's like, hey, I'm training really hard in Russia. Here's my regiment here and i'm going to play some really rad you know uh, inspirational um you know cheesy 80s rock music to get you jazzed up and uh you know and of course in 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 the comedies it would be uh you know the the best friend uh you know is uh doing a fashion show for the and and you know they come out in all different kinds of outfits uh this one and they do a little like shoulder shrug nah they're shaking their head and And I just, oh man, that's such a, such an eighties thing. The the montage.
0: I love that. And that could be like kind of a social media friendly thing. Like you go in this little area that's got a green screen and you put on this outfit and you do these like four different things and they can put in the footage behind you and you can kind of choose maybe which movie you want to reenact scenes from. I think that's,
1: that's really fun. It's one of my dreams that I want to fulfill, uh, that I want to do like a scene by scene recreation of the Rocky four train (laughs) sequence. I think that would be a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> well, here's the place to do it, I think. I think we've got room in the theme
1: park to uh, yes. to fit that in. <laughs> yes, for sure. And and uh and it's sort of related, uh you gotta have like a photo booth where you can have like that background with like lasers and shapes and whatnot, like the typical, you know, uh school picture from the eighties. And one thing that they did, and this was more of a I think a an early eighties thing, where they had you you know, uh, your sort of profile picture. And then like to the side was a picture of you like staring off. Yeah. Like superimposed, like over. Yeah. Like (laughs) all wistfully, like, you know, uh, like, Hey, here's me like trying to smile through my braces. And here's me just like, you know, wondering about what is the meaning of life. That is so cool. Let's match them together.
0: (laughs) I love that so very much. That's amazing. We could even do like a, an area like a, you know, maybe next to the arcade, there's like a dance club, like a bar slash dance club that has just those kinds of like lasers and, you know, crazy lights and neon everything, uh, where you could just go, you know, have like, there's a a cool selfie wall in there. Um, and we could have the light up dance floor and all kinds of cool stuff in there. That'd be awesome. Oh, so fun. (laughs) So many sunglasses.
1: Um, (laughs) I know it's speaking of sunglasses. Uh, so I just told somebody this recently, like, You knew somebody was cool in the 80s if, A, they were wearing sunglasses, and then B, they used their their pointer finger to push down the bridge of the glasses (laughs) and and push it down their nose and and look over the the glasses. That was the cool move.
0: That is a classic move right (laughs) there, for sure. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) oh man that just feels like a a ferris bueller thing i don't know if he's he in particular did that but that just seems like it takes that level of charisma or it automatically adds that
1: level of charisma perhaps i want to say maybe that was like a a, one of the corey's like license to drive or something like that Uh, that would make sense it was definitely in a lot of different films i think
0: right and like i don't know it feels like a saved by the bell kind of thing which oh i guess that probably started in the 90s oh man we might have to call a ref on that one i
1: don't know for sure oh, i'm pretty sure that was the 80s yeah yeah pretty sure but um uh yeah i'm thinking and so sunglasses got me thinking of uh one of my faves uh from the 80s uh, john carpenter uh, cranked out some great films uh they live you know where the 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 shades you put them on and then you can see like the aliens that are living among wow. us and See yes. through all of the the merchandising and, and billboards and and you know they're really trying to brainwash us and it, it was like this commentary on on all of that.
0: Those could just be like like augmented reality, like they could be like Google Glass, yes. basically. Dude, that is amazing.
1: Yeah, and you'd have to find like uh you know the aliens in the park or in, maybe you could make a little game out of it or something. But that, would that be so cool. is
0: fascinating, and you could use that in the Ghostbusters area. There's so many cool areas you can use that man that can connect you into the Tron universe let you like see into uh you know the grid or whatever that is super great I love that (laughs) because I think we do like there's so much stuff that we could fit in here but like having a way of connecting it somewhat so it's not just like a tour through different exhibits of the 80s but there's like a connected storyline or whatever which some of these are going to be a little hard to connect but like you said it's it's the 80s you know it's like you're just kind of watching whatever comes on TV next.
1: You don't have a ton of agency on on how these things mush together. Just enjoy it. You don't generally want to see Pinhead uh, torturing, you know, one of the Care Bears or something. <laughs> I was gonna say it was Care Bears. No, you want
0: to see Chucky versus the Care Bears. That would be much more oh, There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Uh, but maybe Chucky versus
1: the Gremlins or something would be cool. Ah, there,
0: the there's some. So.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, you got. You can have something about. Well, I guess you'd have to be open pretty late, but, you know, getting fed after midnight and all that. And then little gremlins yeah. are scurrying around. And uh, That's really cool. You got, like, fountains that are, like, lit up green and they're churning. Like,
0: uh-oh, what's going on here? It'd be cool to have a movie theater and then, like, every fifth showing
1: the gremlins, like, invade the movie theater. Oh, uh, <sighs> yeah. <That's pretty laughs> and then I... Uh, I think you know if you're gonna do like uh like musical shows and whatnot Mm. definitely got got some you can choose from like uh grease and dirty dancing and footloose and um gosh i'm trying to think of uh, some other musicals well those are the big ones i'm just
0: picturing music videos like it'd be cool to have reenactments Uh, of of these famous 80s music videos and you know hair metal and alice cooper and there's so many
1: cool videos yeah and then if uh you know on your way to the the if there's like a, a, a 90s uh, section or something, you want to extend the part, you've got like Beavis and Butthead commenting on those videos. So. <laughs> I mean, hmm, you could do uh, Stanley and Waldorf
0: from uh, uh, the Muppets, could be, you know, like heckling the whole time. I love that. <laughs>
1: Oh, and of course with the refreshments, uh, you've gotta have Crystal Pepsi and uh new Coke. Oh, uh and an ecto cooler from high C. Oh
0: Ecto-cooler,
1: my god. Like, yeah, and like Goolade. Uh, <laughs> 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 or some other, you know, like old school Kool-Aid flavors that uh, you know, kind of went by the wayside. Something that has fully
0: cemented this in my head is so in my head. Halloween and the 80s are totally combined. And I think it's because of all the great horror films that happened in that era. But also, yeah. this dang podcast called Purple Stuff Podcast, which I am obsessed with, it's it's so 80s. And then there's a lot of horror stuff in there. And then there's like some pro wrestling, but that is pretty much it. Like, it's a great podcast of just reminiscing and like obsessing over the details of cool, like goofy 80s stuff. But oh, uh, I love
1: it. I think on one, <laughs> uh, this was, I, I followed Donish of Dracula, and uh, there was one where. He had uh, an uh, original can of like Spider Man, you know, uh, <laughs> SpaghettiOs or something.
0: And th- those guys are, they're really fun and they just super love the 80s and they will like drive like 50 miles to go do some goofy thing or, or, you know, track down some odd item. It's, it's really cool. It's a, I'd recommend that podcast for sure. For sure.
1: And I, I think it's because of them, actually, that I got into the tradition of doing essentially year after year now. I mean, I, I try to extend it out and do two months of, of Halloween. So mm. I'll bust, bust out like, you know, Halloween or, you know, scary horror themed video games and movies and, um, you know, books and read to the kids. And, you know, just uh, I just love Halloween. You know, it's and Yeah, I, that shows definitely rekindled my love for Halloween big
0: time. Like, I don't necessarily dress up, but like we do decorate a lot and like I really think about <laughs> Halloween a lot and watch the movies. And I just started building a a Lego Halloween, like a little town, like little suburban town where I'm going to add one more building per year to it. Um, but yeah, it's just I freaking, man, it's so cool. Halloween is so cool, especially with that 80s flair to it. Uh, in purple stuff is where that lives to me for me.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely! And there, there's this other uh, uh, guy that comes to mind, or he—I he, uh, don't know if he's active as much on it anymore. But he ran a website called I Mockery. Uh, mm-hmm. His name's Roger, something or other. I can't—I'm terrible with names. But um, uh, <laughs> there was some—he's actually a bit of a coder, and um, actually, he's working on a cyanide and happiness game right now. Oh, uh, but uh, he. Uh, <laughs> He made this game where it was, gosh, like you take two of the most peripheral like Star Wars characters that you could imagine. I want to say like the war is sky, Panda Baba and <laughs> like somebody and, and Oh, and, um, uh, Porkins. It's like, wow. Porkins and Baba and they're like holding hands and it's like Atari 2600 graphics. And you got to get them <laughs> through like a haunted house. It is so silly. I love it. Hilarious.
0: Oh, that's great, man. <laughs> That's really fun. So, I mean, this place just kind of feels like a mashup of, of you know, char- characters that were famous and also maybe some that were infamous or some that people just like had a cult following of. But I think it's just so fun to be able to kind of just play in this playground. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I think, like I said, on the maybe last episode before this, it's kind of like you're just dumping out a bunch of action figures and you get to just set them up into whatever storyline you want. So there doesn't have to be a, a permanent canon of what happened. It can be, you know, like uh, when you go through a haunted house or something, where it's like there there are werewolves in this room, and then the next room there's robots, and then the next room it's aliens, and you're not like, wait, how come the why don't the aliens and the werewolves, you know, fight each other or scare each other away? It's like, no, just enjoy like the room you're in, man. Like, it's it's fun. Well,
1: you know, you could go the route of uh, the cabin in the woods, right, uh-huh. where you've got people pulling the strings and you know, let's wow, get more or whatever. <laughs>
0: Man, that is a great movie. It's
1: like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. With refreshments and food, like one ma- major request that I would have, I used to love these as a kid. They had these hot dogs called Frankenstuff. And, and they were hollowed out and they had chili on the inside and, or they had ones that had cheese on the inside too. And they were, wow. They were so good. So it's like a molded meat tube you're talking about. Yes. A straw
0: of dog, a dog straw. With
1: with like, you know, and of course when you heat them up, it's like lava on the inside, you know, it's a hot pocket made out of meat, but it was damn good. (laughs) That's so fun. I do think there's a lot of like,
0: uh, enjoyable, like junk food from the eighties that, uh, Things just aren't the same. You know, there's a lot of people who say that uh, they the cereal they remember from childhood doesn't taste like the modern cereal, even though it's the same brand and looks the same. So maybe we could have some kind of throwback uh, flavors throughout the park of of different foods and things that might have been, you know, made differently back then. We could try to recreate those, those uh, formulas.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Man.
0: So another kind of aesthetic that we haven't really touched on specifically is I love the physical media of video game cartridges but also vhs tapes and like audio cassette tapes just i think something about that is so cool and feels so uh it's so physical you know in in a world where everything's digital and you know all my songs and all my podcasts are just in the cloud or on my phone i i miss that i miss having a collection of tapes of my favorite artist i don't have that anymore so i think adding having you know collectible items throughout the park you know almost like in um in Bioshock where you can kind of pick up a tape and it has some kind of clue on it or or details into the backstory I think it'd be cool to have either like boombox like stationary boomboxes set out throughout the park or you know you can bring your own Walkman and listen to tapes as you find them and maybe they're not even things you keep but you just listen to it and it gives you some kind of clue about you know, maybe the back room of this arcade has some kind of like little escape room area or or some mystery is going on in this town and you need to go talk to this person at this location in order to find more
1: about it. And those can be hidden on cassette tapes. Ooh, I love that. Sort of well, it's like gamifying, you know, the experience and uh, you know, given I, I think, you know, you get you get that level of detail with something like Disney, you know, and I think that's right. what keeps people coming back and you've got, you know, themed uh events that happen throughout the year and just little special things pins and trading the pins with the the, you know and you could do the same kind of things you know have like 80s type of pins
0: i think that's awesome and maybe you know you find the token the goonies arcade token Uh, i don't know if it would actually say the goonies or be a reference from that universe like uh maybe it's just reference, like the name of the town or something like that but you find the goonies token. And if you maybe take it to a Goonies character, they can trade it for some kind of Goonies merchandise, whether it's a pin or some kind of thing that that maybe if you don't want to necessarily just keep a token, they have other things that you can kind of trade it in for.
1: And can you imagine, you know, having just like Sloth walking around the park, you know, like a a mascot or like Ludo (laughs) from Labyrinth um, or the little fox guy on the dog, uh, you know, just like how cool would that be? You know, all these different uh, across different universes. I would love that. But yeah, I
0: love the idea of making, kind of giving you a storyline if you want it. You know, you can just treat it like you're just watching TV in the 80s where it's like, oh, what's on next? You know, what's on the other channel? Um, You don't have a lot of entertainment choices. You're just kind of walking through the theme park. And if it's there, if you're into it, just watch it. And if you're not, you can go play somewhere else. Uh, It's kind of a a reflection of that, you know, simpler time period where it's like, well, hey, it's Saturday. Are you going to watch TV or are you going to go ride your bike? You've got kind of two paths here. I think that would be really cool in the theme park. If you don't want to go to Lisa Frankland or, you know, the care bear country, you don't have to, uh, you can ride your bike over to, you know, the scary woods and go see if you can find Freddy Krueger or whatever.
1: It just makes you think of. Um, so when you wanted to watch a show, you better have been there right at that time. I mean, I'm talking, you know, pre VCRs and uh, <laughs> a buddy of mine, uh, he shared a story about how he and his brother were so crestfallen because they were, you know, with their parents uh, visiting, you know, at a party or something. And the star Wars holiday special was coming on that night. Oh man. And Their mom was being all dismissive and saying, Oh no, no, no They'll, they'll re-air it. It'll come on. It never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tragic. Yeah, but it, but then you know, of course when you see the Star Wars holiday special you're like, "Oh, yeah, I wasn't really missing anything there."
0: Although it was pretty rare, you know. It's yeah, I don't think it's yeah. been released since. So
1: Well, yeah, you could get it on YouTube and You can get know, a bootleg
0: of it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but uh oh man, it, it it is uh it's quite a thing. I mean, I I feel like i get it george you know that's he really didn't want to release the blu-ray or anything right
0: it it doesn't doesn't hold up and it's kind of weird that they have like you know contemporary 80s uh you know pop culture people on the show as performers and stuff it's like that doesn't make sense in canon wasn't that a long time ago in a galaxy far far away kind of strange
1: one of the golden girls was on there
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) what a strange concept yeah,
1: it was just bonkers.
0: Yeah, um, but I, I do like those kind of like bootleg tapes and stuff. Like it's fun to uh, – this is actually a thing I got from Purple Stuff Podcast is they, they'll go back and watch like a, a certain year's um, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but it's from like 1987 or whatever. It's like some random year. So I, I love finding any kind of old tape like that, like old tapes of The Simpsons or something where it has the TV commercials in between. Because yes. that, that can be just as entertaining, if not more so, than the feature presentation sometimes. If you get those those old local commercials, kind of like that WNUF Halloween special I was talking oh, about. Like, yeah. There's just oh, well, such a nostalgia for that for me.
1: That actually exists. Uh, th- there's uh, a website that is, uh, you know, it's got a graphic of like a classic TV. And you can just change channels, and it'll <laughs> just seamlessly like uh, link all these old and with the commercials and everything. It's wow! No way! Yeah, it's a really cool thing. Uh, labor yeah. of love, I'm sure, of whoever developed that. <laughs> yeah, big
0: shout out to you know you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, no, I I think that's so cool. Um, a couple of like little other things I was thinking about would would be like from Ferris Bueller doing the. Uh, rube goldberg contraption he has set up in his room i think that'd be such a fun little like experience of you have all these like kind of high-tech little gadgets and you need to make them do a certain goal of you know pretending like you know reenacting certain things like you needed to get it to shut the door or like basically very simple programming type tasks um, but you have all these goofy contraptions
1: I mean, I think that's a wonderful idea for like the the younger set, you know, like, yeah. just have, like an area where they could uh, just experiment, whether it's like a, a program or, you know, really tangible, uh, something they could pick up. And, uh, even
0: uh, like uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I think, starts uh, out with a, yeah. a similar it contraption.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And then the Goonies, too, of course, like for opening yeah. up the horror.
0: Wow, no yeah. kidding. That's a common yeah. theme back then, I guess.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so cool that's watch,
0: really you know? fun. And then also the this was an idea you had when we last spoke was doing the parade from Ferris Bueller. Like we could just have, yes. you know, parade every night, but it could be, you know, Don Shane and uh, <laughs> what is it? Twist and Shout. Like that kind of yes. stuff would be so
1: fun. That would be hilarious. Even if uh, that's
0: like a karaoke thing, like you, you sign up ahead of time, you know, the a couple of days before or six months ahead or whatever, that you're going to be the one performing on the float uh, oh for <laughs> your favorite song. <laughs>
1: Yeah, or like, you know, uh, if it was your birthday or something, like they, mm. you could be on the float, <laughs> kind of enjoying it from there. Or, that'd be great. Or, or uh. like, you know, in the parade, of course, you've got the DeLorean, you've got the Ecto-1, oh, know, all the iconic cars, vehicles, you know. Kit
0: from Knight Rider. Kit, yeah, I
1: remember <laughs> that, that Walmart commercial where they were all going to the Walmart pickup or whatever. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think
0: that was like the Mystery Machine and
1: like the uh the, the the jeep from jurassic park although that's a little bit later but we'll we'll accept it we'll allow we it. could
0: put the a-team van yeah one of my best friends uh when he got married they they drove off in a replica of the uh jurassic park jeep <laughs> it was amazingly detailed it was so that's cool, so
1: cool. <laughs> shout that. out to
0: zach if you're out there <laughs> man good stuff uh, but yeah, there's there's so much more we could touch on, of course. Like the 80s was a pretty long time, honestly, that people have been pining for ever since and creating new content that harkens back to. So it'd be pretty much impossible to uh, properly cover everything. Like I think this park might deserve a sequel at some point where we could, uh, you know, dive deeper into it. But I think just being able to dive into this swimming pool and play around would be so much fun.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's just such a distinctive decade, you know, it, it, and it has, you know, so many of these touchstones that we've mentioned, you know, that just really, I mean, and yeah, I get it. Like with nostalgia and rose colored glasses and we might look back and, you know, obviously not everything was awesome, uh, but uh, it, it, it did have a lot of things to like, you know, in terms of the pop culture and the entertainment that, you know, is cranking out.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if, if you hang on to the things that, Mean a lot to you, and the things that you remember as positive parts of your childhood, and keep those, and kind of forget the rest. Then I think that is a somewhat healthy form of progress. You're not necessarily like repressing anything, but you're just like, you know, I don't really remember that. Um, It didn't, it wasn't positive for me, so I don't keep it. But you take those things forward with you throughout the decades. Like that can be a source of joy for the rest of your life, and I don't know, being able to give that to a new generation or or allow people to walk through that experience. Like,
1: how cool is that? yeah well like so uh with um people with dementia um there have been uh some breakthroughs with music therapy and this is why they they you know uh, put on you know the music from when they were in their 20s uh yeah, long-term memory is the thing that's most uh form of memory that's most resistant to fading Uh, And then you just have these positive associations, maybe your first dance, your first kiss, um, just falling in love with an artist or a, a song for the first time, hearing it and feeling joy, feeling that little tingling sensation. I mean, that really unlocks, you know, a big part of who you are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like that is such a when a song comes on and you just love it like personally walking on broken glass um that song i love for some reason whenever i hear it i I, weirdly i've heard it like in a dance club multiple times come on and i'm like no way nobody even knows this song but this is my song and it it takes me back and it reminds me of growing up in my mom's like aerobic studio and like it's just so cool when you have those those sensations uh they can remind you of, of you know good times from your past it's so fun
1: yeah that is so she had the uh the leggings and the
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you should see some of the pictures it's it's great
1: wow yeah so
0: many leotards going on and literally leg warmers and headbands and
1: love it man good times yeah oh we didn't even mention like gosh uh you got to have break dancers everywhere (laughs) oh
0: yes i mean this is like the 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 explosion of rap as as a medium and and breakdancing and there's so much cool growth that happened in the world of music as well. Oh man, that's another recommendation on Netflix is uh, The Evolution of Hip Hop is an amazing series.
1: It's in my queue. <laughs> it's
0: so good, man. I
1: got to see it. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on this show. This was a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely,
0: man. It it was a blast. And if the audience wants to learn more about you and your other works that you've got going on, you got any cool websites or social media that we could check out?
1: Yeah. I would just say to, to just kind of look up geeks like us on, uh, we're at pretty active on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we got to get our Instagram going, but uh, like I said, we're, we're, we're pretty small. We've been around for a couple of years, but yeah, geeks like us, just look us up and give us a follow, check us out on, um, we do a lot of Twitch streaming. Uh, like I said, I have my uh, broadcast with Tronathan where I you know, play some retro games. But we did a watch party the other night. We were pretty active with our Discord and everything too. So you can hit me up personally too and just send me an email at uh, janslow at southeast psych.com.
0: I'm a big fan of the uh, clinical role series. I've been watching that on YouTube, which is pretty fun. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Megan's great. She she's uh, more the tabletop, you know, D and D guru, and she does some wonderful groups with um, some adolescents and young adults. I just find that concept of using fantasy and like. Uh, D&D, to work through uh, psychological issues, I think that's just amazing. I mean, we should never forget how to play, no matter how old we are. Wow. You know, it's not just important for kids to work through stuff and play. It's important for us as adults. Absolutely. And, and they say, you know, video games
0: are like the empathy machine. But I think tabletop can be even better, especially, you know, if there's a professionally trained therapist at the table, then uh, <laughs> if you get into like a sticky situation or you don't know how to act... You have guidance at the table, man. What a what a form of therapy that would be. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, it's like uh I guess the uh the, the therapy version of a dungeon master what what amazing
0: guidance that is that's so cool
1: but yeah again thank you so much for being on thanks everybody
0: for listening um amusement sparks is coming up on uh, our four-year anniversary so uh expect a couple changes going on then which is exciting good changes for the better we'll be more active on social media starting then and a couple of new things you might notice as well so thanks for thanks for supporting the show for so long and we are on social media as amusement sparks